Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Now, friends, I have to be honest with you. I am not great at taking care of myself. It's something I value, something I want to be great at, something I know I need to do. But when life gets busy, taking care of myself is the very first thing to go. That's more true than ever in this season of my life. If you're new to this show, you might not know this, but I am a brand new mom. I had my twins, Annie and Quinn, about four months ago, and ever since, our life has been a total whirlwind. It feels like there isn't enough time in the day for basically anything right now. And so if self-care used to take a backseat in my life, now it's shoved under a pile of dirty laundry somewhere in the trunk. But that's why I'm so excited about today's episode. Today, I'm talking to my new friend, Heather Adams, a woman who absolutely knows what it's like to have a lot on her plate. She's the founder and CEO of Choice Media and Communications and the host of the This Intentional Life podcast. Heather's also a wife and a mom, and so she knows better than anyone how hectic life can get and how that's the very reason it is essential that we take care of ourselves. But today isn't going to be the kind of episode that leaves you thinking, cool, it would be nice if I could go get a massage once a week, but I don't have the time or the funds for that. Heather's actually going to do the exact opposite. She's going to help us weed through all of the self-care things that people say we should do and pick the five most important, most essential ones for us. She's going to help us identify what we need most in this season of our lives and what we can actually do in this season of our lives. And then she's going to help us actually do it. I love that we're talking about this today because I do know that when we take care of ourselves, we're able to show up better in every area of our lives. Our friends, our jobs, our husbands, our kids, our faith, and more all benefit from us being healthy and nourished and taken care of. So that's what we're going to learn how to do today. But before we dive in, there's a resource I wanted to make sure to share with you guys. It's my newest prayer journal, and it's called The Between Places, 100 Days to Trusting God When You Don't Know What's Next. I love this journal because it is a powerful, practical way for us to connect with God in times when our future feels really uncertain. Through guided prayer prompts, The Between Places will help you trust God with the trickiest, most uncertain, and most important parts of your life. It'll help you believe more fully than ever that God is good, that He loves you, and that He's taking care of you. It'll help you live today with more contentment, step into the future with more courage and faith, and rest in God's peace knowing that He's with you every step of the way. To order a copy of your own, just head to esmaywilsonshop.com. That link will also be in our show notes. All right, guys, without any further ado, let's hop into my episode with Heather. Guys, I'm super excited for who I get to introduce you to today. I'm sitting here with my friend Heather Adams. And Heather, thanks so much for being on the show. Oh, Stephanie, thanks for having me. It's such a delight to be with you. For women who haven't gotten to meet you yet, can you tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I um, live just outside of Nashville, Tennessee, and I own a boutique entertainment and lifestyle PR firm called Choice Media and Communications. And we represent people who are thought leaders and change agents across a variety of categories, but they all kind of fall under that entertainment and lifestyle category or umbrella. They are celebrities because they 
are an athlete or they have a TV show or they're, um, um, you know, an, an influencer or maybe they're an author. We work with a lot of nonprofits and people who are business leaders, um, thought leaders across the country. And, uh, you know, it could be food or it could be business and entrepreneurship. But, um, you know, we really serve uh, those kinds of clients. And I lead an all-female team. I'm really proud of that. And I'm a mom to two boys. One is a teenager, and that may be the end of me at some point soon. <laughs> You're about to have babies of your own, so I won't. It gets better. I will just tell you that. But and then I'm a wife to my husband Matt, and um, just grateful for the opportunity to be here. Okay, let's see a fun fact. All right, I have two that kind of immediately come to mind. One is a personal one and one is kind of a is a professional one. So I'll tell you the professional one first. I have launched more than 100 New York Times bestsellers. So not a lot of people can say that. It is a complete honor. I have not written those books myself, but I have done the publicity on those books. And for people who are, I mean, the best people on earth, I mean, people who are changing lives on a global scale. And so that is a real honor and privilege and something that I'm very, very proud of. And then let's see, uh, my personal one is I was at one point in life an Atlanta Falcons cheerleader. You were not. (laughs) I was a young, young girl. It wasn't like what the Falcons cheerleaders are today. You know, like you imagine the making the Cowboys, the TV show of what the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders are like. It wasn't that. I was a young girl and I had the opportunity to be a Falcons cheerleader for a short period of time. And, it, it, you know, it was like the big girls were the ones cheering and I was, you know, the mini version or whatever. And I have, I still to this day have my satin, white, monogrammed, well, it's embroidered with my name, with Heather on it, um, jacket that I had. And I still have my red and silver pom-poms from when I was a Falcons cheerleader. So, (laughs) but I was a young girl. It wasn't like me in my prime in my twenties, like living my best life. (laughs) That is amazing. I love (laughs) knowing that. That's so awesome. (laughs) That's so awesome. Well, so there's so many things First of all, we I ha- we just have to go back to the 100 New York Times bestseller thing. That is amazing. And I feel like so many women who are yep. listening are like, just going to be so excited to connect with you because PR is such an um, amazing, interesting like field. And and so I just mm-hmm. am so excited to get to introduce you to the women and, and them to you. This is actually, this <laughs> this is more of like an embarrassing story than a fun fact, but I feel like I need to to tell you. So when I was in college, my major was broadcast news and I Uh loved it. And I was totally gung-ho for broadcast news. And a lot of my friends who were also kind of along the way, another major within the like uh, mass communication school was PR. And so a lot of my friends who were like initially started out as journalism majors kind of transferred or transitioned into PR or like Mm -hmm. ended up going into that as their like, you know, big kid jobs. Well, so I took a PR class uh, my senior year, and this was the school, like, I went to a big university, but the school, like, the journalism school was pretty small, and so I knew all my peers. I'm in this class. There's, like, probably 40 of us, and I really knew pretty much everyone in there. 
And one of the first assignments was we had to get up and we had to talk for three minutes about something. And it didn't matter what it was, but we just had to talk for three minutes. And like, at this point, I had given speeches places. I, you know, was comfortable on camera. Like, I mean, I I should have been fine. (laughs) But uh, it turned out that I just, I wasn't, I just wasn't prepared on the day that I was called on to go. Uh And so we're all sitting there and the TA is like looking around. She's like, okay, who's going to go first? And I just accidentally made eye contact with her. Oh, no. And so she calls me up to the front of the room and goes, okay, you have three minutes to talk about something. Ready, go. And I had between my seat and the front of the room to decide what I was going to talk about. And like, I mean, I think I introduced myself. I think I said what my major is. I think I said what sorority I was in. And Uh then I ran out of content at like maybe 45 seconds and just stood there completely frozen in front of all of my classmates. And the the TA like kind of stops the clock and she looks at me and she goes, what's your major? Like broadcast news. And she goes, you might want to work on your public speaking skills if you're going to make that your career. And then I just had to go sit down. Meanwhile, you're traumatized. Oh my gosh, what a nightmare. <laughs> I know, I know. I was horrible. Well, we all need one of those kind of lessons in life, right? Like, I'm sure you, because you can detail it to me, you know, back so well, I'm sure it left a considerable impression on you. Yes, it did. And I feel like the lesson was like, prepare and don't make eye contact with the teacher until you're prepared. <laughs> prepare and don't make eye contact. I love that. Let's go. Oh, man. Uh, well, so- yeah. Well, thank you. I really appreciate your kind words of encouragement. It it has been a career highlight to serve the people that I've had the privilege of serving. And I don't, don't take it as a coincidence that God saw fit to put me in this place to serve those people. And, um, and yeah, having 100 New York Times um, is a fun, a fun gig to be able to, to say that. That's so cool. That's so cool. Well, so I know that you have, you know, a really busy life being a wife and a mom and owning this incredible company and just being a human in life right now. Sure. And so the thing I want to talk to you about today is you, you talk about how to define our self-care non-negotiables, our, our five self-care non-negotiables. And I love that topic. And so I I just want to ask you a whole bunch of questions about it because I think self-care yeah. is the kind of thing that we like feels kind of, kind of confusing or we have like different, I don't know, ideas in our head of what that has well, to look like. selfish a lot of times too. I think women in particular are so concerned that they're being selfish when they, you know, quote unquote, indulge in self-care. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I understand. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so can you tell us like what inspired you to help women? How did how did this idea come about? Five non-negotiables. What inspired this? So, Stephanie, to be completely transparent, I was in a really bad place um, and going through a really difficult season personally. And I was meeting with, I have an executive coach named Michelle Kashat. And Michelle and I were having a session and we were walking through Heather holistically, right? Heather, the mom, Heather, the CEO, Heather, the wife, Heather, the mentor, the friend, sister, daughter, you know, all these things. And I was just telling her, look, I am not the best version of myself right now. And I don't know how to find her. Like I'm having a hard time getting back to her. And Michelle was the one who really introduced this concept to me. And 
and helped me kind of determine it for myself and then um, has been really instrumental in in me being an advocate for that moving forward because she taught me this you know this concept and I said to her I've got to make sure that women know this because it has it has been transformational in my life so it it really came out of a need Stephanie because I was in a, a desperate place where I had to find the best version of Heather again and I was I was desperate to to do that how do we this happens to a lot of us. Like we all find, like a lot of us find ourselves in this place where we're like, I'm not who I intended to be. Like, as you've been digging into this topic, what are some of the reasons that we find ourselves in this kind of place? Well, I'll give you an example. So a couple of examples actually, because this is not something that, you know, comes in and you have it perfected and then it, you know, it's the same for the rest of your life, right? I started applying the five non-negotiables a couple of years ago. And then last year, I found myself in a really hard season again, and I was losing sight of the best version of Heather. So my mom and dad live in Atlanta where I grew up and I live just outside of Nashville. And my mom had fallen and broken her hip. And then a week later, their house that I grew up in that they had lived in for 43 years burned down. Oh my gosh. And it was absolutely traumatizing. And then just a few weeks after all of that happened, after I had gotten them finally in a rental house and we had gotten them in a safe place and everything, the cleanup was starting on my mom and dad's old house. And my dad fell off of the roof of the house and was in the ICU unit like trauma unit for 10 days leading into Thanksgiving. So all of that happened last year in a really short period of time. And it was, I mean, it was debilitating. You know, it was like that kind of grief and trauma, right? And so I was not taking care of myself. I was putting my mom and dad first. I was putting everything ahead of being the best version of Heather. And so you may not go through something that extreme, Stephanie. You know, it could be like this year, what we've all been navigating with COVID and you're quarantined with your children and they're doing virtual school and you're trying to work from home or your husband's also working from home or you're trying to keep your house clean or you're trying not to lose your mind with your kids under underfoot all the time and you can't leave and you can't, you know, I I found myself right back in kind of a downward spiral. I was eating like it was my job. I was drinking every day. I was doing things that, you know, just again, I wasn't taking care of myself. So I think that's what happens to us as women. We are inherently nurturers. We are inherently, God created us to take care of others. And so I think so often we find ourselves putting us at the bottom of that list. And that's when, at least for me, I find myself in that tough season and where I've lost the best version of me. Okay. First of all, I am so sorry that all those things happened. I cannot, that is so much to take in all at once. Yeah. It was just, it was like, okay, Lord, I know that you're not supposed to give me anything more than I can handle, but I'm calling, I'm raising my white flag and calling uncle. Like I can't do this anymore. 
anymore because it was just one thing after another, after another, after another, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I feel like when you're going through something like that, you know, you, you kind of touched on this already, but when, you know, your mom is like, has just fallen, your dad has fallen off a roof, your house is burned down. Like you're taking, when, when everyone like stuff is hitting the fan for everybody Mm -hmm. else, like it seems like really indulgent or really selfish to prioritize your own needs in a moment like that. Like why is it not selfish or why is that not a bad thing? Well, here's what I learned from Michelle and from my therapist, Tracy, who I'll talk about um, as well, but I'm not going to be able to care for mom and dad to degree that I want to, you know, if, if I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not going to be the mom to Dixon and Thaxton or the wife to Matt that I desire out of my life if I'm not the best version of Heather, right? And that doesn't mean that I'm the best version of Heather every day, day in and day out. Of course not, you know, but it does mean that I am doing things, um, and I know we're going to walk through this in a few minutes, but I'm doing things, injecting them into my daily practices that help make me a great version of myself so that the things that I care about, so that the priorities in my life, so that the people in my life that I want to be invested in, um, I'm able to do that for. And it sounds so silly, and we hear it over and over and over again, but it is so accurate that when we are you know, not taking care of ourselves, we're not going to be any good to any of those other people or those priorities. Yeah, that makes sense. I think like any person who has a job needs to take care of like their uh, tools. So like if you're a surgeon mm-hmm. or something, mm-hmm. you need to really take care of your hands. Or if you're a you know, professional football player, you need to not be like recklessly skiing on the weekends during, you know, like playoff season or something, you know, right? Um, you need to take care of your tools. And so if, if our goal is to take care of the people in our lives and our tool is us, like our hearts and our energy and our minds and our, I feel like I should say again, energy, <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. if we're not taking care of those things, then we actually can't do the job that we need them to do. Yeah, I love the way you put that like taking care of our tools. That's a that's a great a, a great way to share that. Thanks. So, can you walk us through the process of like tell I mean tell us why why five um non-negotiables yeah. and like how to identify what our five self-care non-negotiables are? Yeah. So I'll just I'll just walk you through what Michelle did with me um, and and how it worked for me. So she encouraged me to between one session and the next with her, which was a month, to really evaluate what it was that was giving me life during that season. Like when was I the best version of Heather? What was happening in my life? And to write those things down during that period that I was paying attention. And I think that's one of the biggest things, Stephanie, is we're walking through life and we're not paying attention to those details of, you know, what is is breathing life into me or what is bringing me joy. We're just moving into walking through the, you know, moving, uh, going through the motions. And so 
you know, I started writing things down as I recognized them. And I think we could have 45 non-negotiables if we wanted to. But what Michelle encouraged me to do was to really think through once I had evaluated those, and I'll, I'll be glad to share mine with you as examples. But once I had evaluated what those things were for me, to figure out ways to protect them so that they are exactly that, non-negotiable, right? It's one thing to recognize and figure out what those things are. It's a completely different thing that to protect them so that they don't get sacrificed. And I think that's the biggest, most challenging part for all of us. You might understand that um, taking a walk at night you know, um, after, you know, your house is quieted down, it is, brings you joy or brings you peace or, um, you know, makes you feel good and strong in your body. But if you don't protect that time and, and allow time to take those walks, then it's no good to have recognized it, right? Because you're not actually, um, making it a non-negotiable. You're not continuing to protect it and inject it into your, your practices. So for me, when we went through it, we decided on five because five didn't feel daunting to me. It felt very manageable. I mean, I am a very busy woman, much like I'm sure all of the women listening to this show. You know, I have a business that I run. I have two children that I'm trying to raise. I have a husband I'm trying to stay married to and not just be his roommate, but actually be his partner. Yeah. A body I'm trying to take care of. I have um, young women that I mentor in our community, you know, there are a lot of things vying for my attention. And so I, it couldn't be the non-negotiables were just one more thing that I felt guilty over not getting to, right? It had to be things that felt like they were manageable and five felt like it was accessible. It wasn't intimidating. So that's why five. And and that's how I really came to determine what my five were was over the period of a month, I wrote down every time I noticed I was living my best life. I was the best version of me. And I, I you know, paid attention to what those things were that were happening. I really like the word protect because I think that when we say like, self-care, non-negotiables, like I'm picturing my planner and I'm picturing like in order to prioritize them, like they have to be at the top of the list. So it'd be like, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six is visit mom. Seven is like feed kids. Eight is like do my job or, you know, like whatever the, whatever's going on in your life. But to protect them instead is like, I don't know, it seems like maybe they don't have to come first in the day or it's not even that they necessarily come first. It's just that, that like, you know, when they happen and you don't let other things take their spot. Right. Right. Exactly. And some things, frankly, don't have to be every single day. Some things can be once a month or once a week or um, every so often, but you know that when that's happening, again, it's contributing to you being the best version of yourself and it's life-giving for you. So I think that's important to recognize as well. So what are your five? Okay, so my five, and one thing I do want to say is I think that your five can change depending on the season. 
but my five for the last probably two and a half to three years have been the same. And I think it's because I'm in virtually the same season. But my first one is to wake up 30 minutes before everyone else in my house. And that is so, Stephanie, I can have quiet, alone time just for me. And a lot of times that looks like a devotion. Sometimes that looks like um, me listening to some really fun music and kind of dancing around in my kitchen, like cleaning up the night before's dishes or folding laundry or something. But it's quiet time for just me, 30 minutes before the noise of my house starts. And, you know, it could also be sitting um, with a cup of coffee you know, meditating, or it could be praying, or it could be, um, you know, going for a walk 30 minutes ahead. But whatever it is for you, it's that that quiet time that is just for Heather before the noise of my day starts. So that's my first one. The second one is drinking half of my body weight in ounces of water every single day. So I have a 40-ounce Hydra flask. And I fill that thing up at least four, if not five times a day. I drink a lot more than half of my body weight in ounces a day, but I try to at minimum drink that much water. And there are so many things that my therapist has shared with me that your body benefits by having that water in your system, your brain. I mean, your... um, uh, the way your body um, flushes itself out, like all of those things, the hydration, your skin, like, you know, everything benefits when you have tons of water. So that's my second one. My third one is paying attention to what goes in my mouth. So I love to eat. I have always, everything my entire life since I was a little bitty girl, whenever there was a celebration, whenever there was anything to um, be excited about food was involved in some way, right? The dance recital, after the dance recital, we went to Shoney's and had hot fudge cakes and strawberry pie. When I got an all A report card, we went out for a special dinner. When it was my birthday, it was what is your favorite thing to eat and what kind of cake do you want, right? It's still, even with my own children, you know, a treat for them and something fun that we do as a family is dessert before dinner. And so I've always loved food. I love to eat. I really love to cook. And there are seasons when I am not paying attention to what is going into my mouth, like earlier this year during COVID when I was eating like it was my job and I was just eating crap. I was eating things that were not good for me. And it makes a difference in the way I feel when I am paying attention to what goes in in my mouth. And so that's my third one. Um, My fourth one is moving my body. And for me, this was a very, very difficult one because I was of the mindset, Stephanie, that I did not have time for exercise. Like, when was I going to put that in my day between taking my kids to school and running my business and cooking dinner and all the after school, you know, baseball activities and like everything else? Like, when was I going to find time to exercise? But I made it a priority a couple of years ago. 
And I do bar and cycling specifically at a place where I live called Garage Bar and Bike. And that is what works for me. Other people love to run or they like to box or, you know, everybody has something different that they enjoy if they, you know, if they do enjoy exercising. And so moving my body at least three days a week is is part of my five non-negotiables. And then my fifth one is therapy. I am the best version of Heather when I am in therapy on the regular and not just in therapy when there's a crisis, but in therapy to be proactive and take care of my overall mental wellness. So those are my five. I I love those. Those five are so good. And and it's so helpful to hear like kind of your your process and and what five you've incorporated. And like, it's easier to see how some of those things can like, again, not live at the top of your to-do list. Like nothing else can get done until these five things get done. It's like, no, you drink water while you're in meetings or while you're right. driving to baseball or like, you know, whatever. And, and you know, therapy is one hour a week that you schedule in just like any other meeting. And mm-hmm. it, it seems like that those things make, those things make sense. Yeah. Well, and then they, they fit the season that I'm in right now, right? I'm parenting a teenager and a preteen. I'm running a business. Um, I'm married. Like the, when my kids are in college and it's just Matt and I in the house, I probably have different ones. You know, I, I think that it, it works for this particular season because these are things that I have noticed make me the best version of me. I have some other things and we can talk about this in a little bit, but I have some other things that I love to do, but they're not part of my five non-negotiables. I feel like I'm the best version of Heather when I'm doing those things, but but they're not those things that I fiercely protect like I do these five. And for me, Stephanie, therapy, I do once a month. Okay. So um, when I'm going through something hard, I go more frequently. And when I'm just trying to be proactive and take care of myself, I go once a month. And a lot of people think that's a big indulgence and and it it obviously there's a cost that's associated with it but the place that i go to also has scholarships for people so that cost is never a reason why you can't help take care of your mental wellness and so i think there are things like that that we tell our the narrative in our head is one thing like oh i can't afford to do therapy when in actuality if you look into it there are a lot more options out there for you to do that and that's just what we're you know, telling ourselves. And when we when we know we need to protect that and make that a priority, we can find ways to incorporate it. I love that. I'm super glad you said that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book. And while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. 
Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. I started going to to therapy. I mean, I've gone several times throughout my life, but um, the women who have been listening for a while know this. Like, I'm trying to think of when it was now. Like, two and a half years ago, um, I started going. And initially, I felt like I was just going sort of proactively, you know? Like, you know, there are some things in my head that... Like I started kind of collecting things like this bothers me sometimes or like this is hard for me sometimes. And like, I'll, I'll need to talk about this at some point. And kind of my list got long enough that it was like, okay, it seems like a good idea, a good investment in myself 
that will pay off in all areas of my life if I go, you know, if I if I start start therapy now. And um, the timing was actually really good because, like, it turns out I really. I had some real anxiety stuff going on that I just hadn't recognized yet. And so the timing was like really actually wonderful, but it, but it really, there is a cost to it, but there really are so many different options and avenues and ways to pay for it. And right, like it is worth sacrificing so much for. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I completely agree with that. I started back in intensive therapy with Tracy um, in 2016, so four years ago. And if I hadn't have been in therapy, I don't know how well I would have navigated that season last year with my mom and dad in the fire or how well I would have navigated COVID or, you know, this year. I don't think you have to be in a crisis to be in therapy. A lot of times that's the catalyst for you finally starting to go and making it a priority. But when you... um, you know, when you have journeyed through that crisis, I keep going because I know that there's going to be something else that comes and I want to be proactive on the front end of it instead of reactive after it's happened, right? And so to your point, I think, you know, figuring out a way to um, make it a priority and and the benefits, there are so many things you could sacrifice so that you can have that benefit. Yeah. Yeah. This is like something I, I really want to hear from you as, as a mom who is, you know, lots and like lots of years ahead of me, having your kids, having a, a teenager and preteen, you know, one of the things I'm I'm thinking about as, as my girls are, are coming is like what self-care is going to look like in the first mm. couple months of them being here. And, and I mean, I, I think I do anticipate it being just kind of a disaster. Um, just cause <laughs> I mean, it, I've, n- we've never done this before. It's going to take some time to figure it out. And so I think that maybe that's like kind of my way of giving myself grace in advance is just being like, it's just, it may be like a bit of a dumpster fire for a minute, but we'll figure it out. But like, what are some things that you would encourage like brand new moms to do? And then mm-hmm. this is like, and the answer may just be like, it's not the season for that. One thing that I know about myself is that I do not function very well on not enough sleep. Yeah. And I'm looking at this going, I am about to have twins. I am never going to sleep again. Like, what do you do when something that you know you really need to function well is like, looks like it's probably just not going to be an option? Oh, yeah. Well, listen, first of all, you are going to thrive as a mom of twins. And I believe in your ability to care for yourself and care for them simultaneously. Those don't have to be mutually exclusive. But you know what, Stephanie, when you first bring those girls home, self-care for you may just look like taking a shower every day, you know, and it, it's it's likely not going to be super indulgent in the beginning because that's going to feel indulgent to you. Like that's going to feel like a win for the day is I got to take a five minute really hot shower by myself, you know, like that, that will be self-care for things like the sleep component. You know, you, you know, you're going to have two and I only had one at a time and I know how hard this was, but I did everything in my power to protect that that time for sleep because so I did things like 
I, both of my boys started sleeping at six weeks through the night because we got them on a schedule really, really early. And I was militant about it. I was like, eat, play, sleep, eat, play, sleep, eat, play, sleep. You know, like that was their like routine and I stuck to it. And everybody thought I was a crazy person because when my mom and dad would come over and they would want to keep them up, you know, when it was time for them to be sleeping or, you know, they would want to come in and interrupt their eating schedule or whatever. And I was like, no, this is what we're doing. But I swear that's why I got to sleep is because they started sleeping early. That may not happen for you. Or you may think you're going to nurse and maybe that doesn't work for you. I just think extending grace to yourself is so that is such a way to look at self-care in those early, what I call the weeds seasons, like <laughs> when you're just literally in the weeds with the babies. But I I would try to acknowledge before you get in the season, like what is it that's important to me? And it can't be 45 things, right? It's got to be, you know, one to three things that are really important to you to take care of yourself. And it might be a shower. It might be as simple as that. Or it might be, you know, a 30-minute nap at at some point during the course of the day so that you do have some sleep if they're not completely sleeping through the night. Like those are things that if you know what those are, then you can figure out ways to protect them. But I think having a game plan is is important, but you have to allow for hiccups. I mean, it's not going to go perfectly, right? It's not going to go exactly the way that you plan. And so you just have to allow for spontaneity. Yeah. Okay. That's really helpful. And I think that it, like that example of, you know, getting them on a schedule and people thinking you're nuts for how, you know, strictly you adhere to it, but being like, no, I, I need sleep. Therefore they need to sleep. And, and so mm-hmm. that's a way of prioritizing this in your life. And I feel like that kind of gives us a little bit of an idea of what it can look like in other areas where if it's like, if it's exercise and you know that like lunchtime is the only time during the day that you can get out of your like nine to five, like if you're like, I can mm-hmm. work out for 45 minutes, I've clocked it during lunch. Then it's like, if, if someone says, Hey, can you be flexible and do a lunch meeting? Like, I mean, maybe every once in a while you say yes, but most of the time you say no. You're like, I, I'm unavailable at this time. I can make myself available any other That's time in the day. That's a perfect example, Stephanie. I mean, that is a, and a realistic one that women are dealing with, right? You know, I was definitely that woman who was like, when the heck am I going to exercise? Like I, I am jam-packed from the minute I wake up to the minute I lay my head on the pillow. Like, how am I going to incorporate it? And so I started with one day a week and... I said, I'm just going to go once a week and I'm going to see how I feel and I'm going to see if I can make it work. And that one day turned into two, which turned into three. And there are weeks sometimes when I go five days a week and there are weeks sometimes when I go two days a week. But I, I saw that I could make it work and I could prioritize it when it was important to me. And I realized the benefit on the other end. Like I realized, oh, I do really feel good after I get out of bar class or, oh, it really was nice to sweat and get all those toxins out after a really crummy day. But I think you have to make it manageable. And if we start out saying, I'm going to start exercising five days a week and you haven't been exercising at all, it's never going to happen because it feels so daunting and intimidating. So making it digestible, making it small baby steps towards it, like you taking a shower once a day, 
that feels like a manageable thing when you have two twin babies looking at you. And some yeah. days it may not feel manageable. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like that you said that think like that that will feel indulgent in that time. Cause I do think like there are are times when really little things when like if I pay attention, um, if I'm if I'm like kind of living like awake and aware and and paying attention to like like looking for things to be grateful for. Like there mm-hmm. there was a year where I I traveled around the world actually doing some humanitarian work, which was just amazing. But one of the things about it was that I was around people a hundred percent of the time. Like, I, I mean, I lived with people, I shared rooms with several girls. Like, I mean, I just, there was never a moment when I was really alone. And what we all learned to do was to put in our headphones and to just face a different direction than each other. And like, that was your alone time. But I mean, really, it was, it was totally blissful. It like, it didn't matter that someone else was in the room. You couldn't see them. You couldn't hear them. And so like, that was what alone time looked like in that season. But it really was, it didn't feel because of just everything else that was going on in the circumstances of life, it didn't feel like a giant compromise. It felt like a gift. Yeah, absolutely. And you learned to pivot within that particular season, right? And that season looks different than the season you're in right now. And so if you were developing non-negotiables back then when that girl was traveling around the world and was constantly around people, those non-negotiables would look different than the, the woman who's pregnant and about to have babies and and running her own business and her own podcast and all these things, right? So I, I just encourage women listening to think through the particular season that you're in and what, what again makes you the best version of you right now. Can you give us a few, like, I, I mean, I know that this is so dependent on the season and dependent on the person, but just mm-hmm. to kind of get our wheels turning, can you give us any more examples of like, things that you've done in the past or things friends have done or something like yes, kind of a sure. bank that we could pick from for our non-negotiables? So this is something that I would have made a non-negotiable in the past and will probably be one again in the future, but it's not realistic for the season I'm in right now. And that is cooking for my family. I love to cook and it is life giving to me. Other women may say, oh my gosh, that is like a chore and a task and I hate it and I dread it and I don't know how to do it well and blah, blah, blah. But for me, it is life giving and I love it and I love formulating the meal and I love making it um, beautifully presented and I love setting a pretty table and like I love the camaraderie around the table. But for the season I'm in right now, it's not realistic because my boys have baseball practice five nights a week and our, they go to school 30 minutes from our home. So we have realistic scenarios of how many times a week I cook dinner as opposed to me wanting to make that one of the non-negotiables that is fiercely protected. But that w- that could be something for someone. I have monthly dates with my boys and weekly dates with my husband. And those are something that I really, really protect. They are not part of my five non-negotiables, but Matt and I started this last year where every single Thursday night we have a date night. And we did it because we wanted to make sure that we weren't just putting the kids ahead of everything in our marriage that 
we were really making each other a priority too. And it wasn't just when we got in the bed at night and it was like, hey, are you picking up Dixon tomorrow? Who's taking Thaxton to baseball practice? Oh, the boys have a dentist appointment on Wednesday. Who's going to do that in the middle of the day? You know, it was more than just that, that we were having just the two of us. And so we started that last year. And I would say a weekly date night with my husband is something that is huge for me. I would also say entertaining people in my home is something that I love to do. And of course, since quarantine started in March, I mean, we haven't had, I I can't even think of when the last time we've had a person in our home was other than the four of us. And so that is something that right now I can't do, but gosh, when I do it, I just love it. And I enjoy you know, having people over, even if it's just my boys' baseball team and their parents, and we're having pizza and the boys are playing in the yard, you know, like that for me is life-giving. So it just depends on the season you're in. Um, You know, there are times when a walk might be something or a daily devotion or prayer time for you might be um, part of your five non-negotiables or, you know, taking a lunch every day. Maybe that's a five, one of your five non-negotiables. Maybe you are just working yourself ragged and you are not stepping away from your computer because you're working from home and it's so much easier to just keep working. And so maybe one of your non-negotiables should be just stepping away from your computer for an hour today to have lunch. You know, those are just a few that come to mind that might be good examples. Yeah, I really like that. And it's those just really help give a picture of like in different seasons, they look like different things. Like, I think a thing for me that is it's it feels indulgent to say it. And and like, so I need to say it. So it's like, no, this is this is real for me um, because we could say all these things are indulgent, but we're declaring that they're not mm-hmm. is travel. Travel is is absolutely like vital to my life and my happiness and my inspiration and my just like sense, like my faith, like it's huge for my relationship with God. Like I, I just feel like he and I connect so differently when I'm, you know, someplace else. And, and so like, you know, normally that would be something I would fight for with everything in me. But right now I can't travel anymore. And also we're not allowed. So it's like, there's kind of a double double reason that, that that's not a thing right now. But but knowing that that's a, a restriction, it's like, okay, well, so how can, what are some other things about travel that are really fun for me? Like maybe it's eating food from different places. And so like every Thursday, mm. Carl and I decide like, you know, today it's Ethiopian food. Next week it's Japanese food. Next week it's Turkish food or whatever, you know, kind of eating our way around Nashville or like. Absolutely. I love that. And you know what Stephanie, Matt did for me one night for one of our date nights on a Thursday was this was when we couldn't leave the house and um, we were like locked down in Tennessee is we still kept our date nights and we went up to our bonus room and he had set up a meal and he had set up our television in the bonus room and we did a virtual tour of other countries. So you can go and set up and we like walked through the streets of um, Santorini, Greece, and we walked down to the beach and like we, so it was like, you felt like you were there because you were watching and you were walking through and all that, but we can't travel, right? So finding ways to inject that, if that is so life-giving for you, finding a way to inject it in a season when that is off the table, I think is is a good practice. 
That's okay. That's so cool. That's I'm, I'm mentally scheduling that in, <laughs> in our next date night. That's awesome. <laughs> I didn't even know it was a thing. I had no idea. Matt's the one who figured all that out. That's so cool. That's yeah, that's awesome. Um, there's so many resources like that. Like I know that different museums have like virtual tours now and like they're just, there are, when we're intentional, there's a lot that can happen no matter the restrictions. And I think that we're, we're having to learn that. I mean, 2020 has been a whole lesson in that, you know, like how to live within restrictions. And sometimes I feel like I do it well and sometimes I do it terribly and like, but it's, I mean, it's a process and something we practice. Absolutely. Can you give us a picture of like, maybe like kind of a side-by-side of when you're not doing these things, how does that impact your life and your relationships and your work versus like when you are doing these five things, what it looks like, like what are, what's our, what are we, what can we look forward to here if we actually implement some of these things in our life? Oh my gosh. I love this question so much and I've never thought of it this way, but this is a really great like visual picture in my head. And I'll use the recent example with COVID because I feel like that's the most recent situation where I kind of like spiraled out. So I was, like I said, I was eating all the time. I was drinking every night. Like Matt and I, I wasn't like drunk every night, but like I would have a glass of wine every night or I would have a cocktail every night. And I never did that before. I was not going to the gym um, and exercising. Even though I had the virtual ability to do that, I was not doing it. And I wasn't drinking tons of water. I was drinking other things. So anyway, those are some examples of what I wasn't doing. And here's how I felt. I was tired all the time. I had a really, really, really short fuse with my children. So everything set me off. And I am a yeller. um, And I hate that about myself, but I am definitely a yeller. And so when I am not the best version of myself, I'm I'm easily like yelling at somebody. And so I was yelling at the kids and it would be the littlest thing would set me off, right? Like they hadn't taken their clothes that were clean upstairs and put them away yet. And so that sent me in, you know, outer limits. I wasn't as productive at work because I was easily distracted. So I wasn't able to like put my head down and and focus for long periods of time because I was easily distracted or couldn't focus, you know, intently. Now, some of this, of course, is also the mental and emotional toll that we were dealing with, with being in lockdown and, you know, all of that. But when I started taking care of myself, like I, you know, immediately felt better, like stronger in my own body. I was sleeping so well. And before I was waking up in the middle of the night with like running to-do lists and not being able to go back to sleep. Um, I have a lot more patience with my children. Do they drive me crazy still? Of course they do. But I have a lot more patience, a lot more grace extended, a lot more like giving multiple opportunities before I lose it. I'm much more productive at work and organized and structured at work because, you know, I'm paying attention and able to focus and all of those things. My skin looks better. My, you know, hair is not falling out in the shower. You know, all of those are examples. Now, is every single one of them connected to a five non-negotiable? Probably not. But I think the majority of them are connected to me 
taking better care of myself and and those practices. And obviously spending a lot more time reading scripture and praying, it has helped me significantly during the season too. And and I think easily when when we're in a season of uncertainty, you know, that could be because we weren't going to church. We were watching church on TV as opposed to going to church. And we weren't having our life group every week. We were um, canceling those and having Zoom calls every now and then. So some of those things that were bringing scripture into my life on a regular basis were gone and I wasn't replacing them with anything. So those are just some examples that I can think of. Like I also lost a lot of weight, not because I, I was worried about what the scale said, but because I did not feel good in my own skin because I had, I wasn't taking care of myself. And so I didn't feel strong in my body. It's never, I've never worried about how much I weighed, but how I felt in my own skin is what I've worried about. And I just didn't feel good. And so, you know, paying attention to what goes in my body and how much I move my body and how much I'm drinking um, water and all those things have have really helped too. That's a really, really cool picture. And, and like, I, you know, if anyone is kind of struggling with still like, ah, oh, but it feels selfish to do, to like prioritize this when, you know, someone is asking me to do this instead, like, I feel like your kids would probably say, no, mom, please do those things. <laughs> like we get yelled at yeah. so much less, you know, or like. Right. They want, they want you invested in the time they have with you, not more time with you. They want you to be a, a kind, loving mom, not a short fused mom, you it's know, and so. Yeah. When you're taking care of yourself, they're getting the better mom, the better version of, of their mom, because because you're taking care of of you first before you take care of them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Heather, I love this and I'm I'm super grateful for this like personally. I mean, I mm-hmm. I feel like this is a topic that I really need and and I'm I'm like just praying that like everything that you said like is a seed that's been planted in my brain that grows and comes at like just helps with what I know is around the corner for me. Um, and I know that like, I'm not the only one who's about to walk into something crazy or who's in something crazy right now. I mean, we all are in something crazy right now. Um, Absolutely. So I'm just well, super grateful I, for you. I, I'm honored to be with you, Stephanie, and grateful to be in front of your women who I know love and adore and trust you. And the whole girls night concept. I mean, I feel like we have to link arms and take care of each other, right? And when one of us learns something that that would benefit all of us, I mean, we can't hold it close to our vest and only keep it for ourselves, right? We have to share it. And so these are these are merely things that have helped me. And so, you know, I I have a desire and a passion to really help help develop the women coming behind me and that's my hope for having these conversations. I mean, Michelle helped me with this and now I feel like I'm just paying it forward by having the same conversation with women who I know are dealing with things that I have dealt with. I love that so much. And that's, yes, that's totally the heart of Girls Night. Heather, just before we go, if, do you have any last bits of encouragement for the women listening? Either, either, you know, as we're trying to establish these five non-negotiables in our lives or just like, if there's anything you feel like we just might need to hear today. Yeah. 
You know, something that strikes me about the women listening is um, the season that, that you're in. I want to encourage you to be an advocate for the woman just ahead of you. So what I mean by that is like when I'm 22 or 25, I want to be an advocate for my 40-year-old self, right? And I want to think about at 22, 25, 30, 32, whatever, how can I learn and take care of Heather now so that Heather 10 years from now benefits? so that the Heather on the other side of this is stronger because of it. I talk about this a lot with with mentoring and, you know, finding yourself a mentor who is ahead of you in life. And like, if you step out in fear and ask somebody to mentor you and they say, yes, think of the woman five years from now who's going to benefit because you had that mentor say yes to you, right? And so often we're afraid to do that. I, I want you to think of that in the same way with regard to your self-care. Like, what is the Heather five years from now going to be like if I take care of the Heather right now? And I would say that to you, Stephanie. Like, what what is the Stephanie who has two-year-olds running around going to be like if you take care of the Stephanie right now that's pregnant with those with those babies, you know, what is the Stephanie that is, um, has a 13 year old, you know, has 13 year old twins going to be like, if, if you take care of this Stephanie when they're five, you know, so just being an advocate for the you in front of you down the road. Oh my gosh. That, that is the, I'm, that's, I'm going to be thinking about that for a really, really long time. I'm so (laughs) glad you said that. I'm also very grateful that everyone came to our mentoring session today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Heather, for mentoring me and just letting everyone else listen. <laughs> uh, but truly, oh, listen, I'm, 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 as people are doing it for me, so I'm doing it for, for those of y'all coming behind me. <laughs> oh, well, I really, I mean, I personally really appreciate it. Thank you so much for for caring about us and for for like learning these lessons and passing them on because you're making our lives easier and better. And um, I'm just grateful. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. What a treat to be with you. And I'll be praying for you and those sweet babies that are coming. Thank you. You guys, isn't Heather amazing? I just love her and I love this conversation. And I am so happy I got to share it with you. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is I know we talked about a lot in today's episode. And so if you want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to our website. It's girlsnightpodcast.com. And for every episode, we have a blog with the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talked about, including all of Heather's contact info. So you guys can follow her and so that y'all can be friends. The other thing I wanted to mention is that if you haven't had a chance yet, it would mean so much to me if you would take just a quick second to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We've gotten so many amazing five-star reviews from y'all and you've left the sweetest comments. I cannot tell you how much it means to me. It also helps out the podcast more than you can imagine. So if you haven't yet, please take just one second to leave a rating and a review. Thank you so much. Friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of Girls Night. And trust me, you are going to love our next guest. I'll see you then.